This is the Worth the Squeeze podcast. My name is Sarah, and I'm the owner of the Juice Goddess Super Soul Superfoods Cafe. In my years of bartending, juice tending, management, teaching, and professional artistry, I have experienced that connection is what people crave, especially in the midst of hardship. It is this craving that drives the passion of this podcast. It is to uncover the aspects of life in the business world, within families and relationships, personal health and wellness endeavors, and of living life in general, where we can celebrate the late nights, the uncomfortable growth, and the what the fuck moments, all to truly embrace and understand what truly is worth the squeeze. On today's episode, or this week's episode, I have my husband, Gavin, with me. And this is already take five, right? At least. At least. (laughs) So we were setting up the lighting, and for whatever reason, (laughs) I wanted to sit where you could see my good side, which is where he's sitting. And when he sat over here, he was so dark, he blended into the background. So I switched with him, and the light is following me. It is. You are the light. <laughs> All I know is now I have to sit where my bad side is the predominant side. So I'm going to look at the camera instead of looking at him. So I would rather be like this than like this. Can we face opposite of each other? Yeah, like we're not talking to each other yeah. at all. For those that can't see right now, we're back to back. <laughs> not looking at the camera. But that's my good side, so it looks really good. <laughs> Gavin doesn't know look, his good side. Yeah, no. I don't have a good side. <laughs> you probably do. You just don't know about it. No. It's your backside. Excellent. <laughs> so Gavin is my co-host today, and I think this is something we're going to do pretty regularly, where he kind of comes in to the conversation because... <laughs> He knows me better than anybody else. And when I'm talking about things that are worth the squeeze, he has definitely been part of how I've kind of come to figure out what does and doesn't work for my own life. And so it's just kind of fun to start this off together today. So we've been talking about doing it for a while. For a while, though. And we put it off this week a couple of times. Headaches and kids stuff and our daughter's 13th birthday yesterday. 13. Yeah. Which is insane. Wow. We're a little bit scared. <laughs> About 13. Yes. Because we've already had a 13-year-old daughter. and It was fantastic. <laughs> for two years. <laughs> yes. And it's still it's Still ongoing. It's still ongoing. Correct. So we'll see. They say that every kid is so different and that the teens are different for each one of them. And our teenage son was fine at 13. For the most part. Yeah. But... That's a whole different story. That is a whole different story. He wasn't here. No, he was here by 13. Oh, no. no. He wasn't here until no, 15. Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about that a little bit today, too. <laughs> so I think. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Why are you jumping at? So I think one of the questions we get asked as people get to know us, because our story is pretty 
interesting and full and diverse. I feel like we've just had a lot in what seems like a short amount of time, but now we've been together for quite a while. So how long's quite a while? Yeah, I can remember. I can remember. We met almost exactly ten years ago. Correct. Yes. So we we were both in a very interesting situation. So I was divorced for like two years and was living on my own and for the first time ever was finally learning how to be independent and working through that. And that had some really amazing things attached to it and some really shitty things attached to it. I was used to having somebody that did everything for me, but also controlled everything for me. I was used to a certain set of friends and beliefs and all of that. And so I was literally transforming everything. And probably the one thing that stands out the most as far as like trying to figure out who I was during that time is it was to the point in my past that I didn't even know what type of cake I liked for my birthday because I just liked whatever my ex-husband liked. And so I just didn't know. And when anybody asked me, I had no idea. And so when I first met Gavin. Oh, she had an idea. It was carrot cake. Well, yeah, but that wasn't mine. I know. Yeah. But it was like, what kind of cake? Well, I don't know. Carrot cake? <laughs> like, no, you don't want fucking carrot cake. <laughs> Sorry. Family friendly. It's okay. You can say fucking. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I had this idea that I like carrot cake. But anyway, so for my first birthday while we were together, Gavin bought these little mini cakes of like every flavor cake you could imagine. And so we went out to like, where was that? Some hiking area. You, you took me for a hike or something. Oh, by Seven Falls. And then, Colorado Springs. Yeah. And then we had like a little bonfire yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I got to try like seven different little cake samples. We were definitely fat and happy at the end. Yes. And I decided it's not carrot cake. What is it? <laughs> Red velvet. Red velvet. Red velvet was the winner. Yeah. Which yeah. I can't eat anymore because I just, I haven't found a good velvet. Vegan. Set, vegan red yeah. velvet recipe. But still my favorite and definitely not carrot cake. So when I met Gavin, I was in this place where I was still trying to figure everything out, but I was definitely independent. And I had chosen some really great friends. Totally. And I was on like a really good forward trajectory of my life as far as wellness goes. And you <laughs> were where? What was your life like when we met? Oh. In a deep, very dark hole. Uh, definitely on a path of complete and utter chaos and destruction and confusion in so many ways. Um, yeah, I basically had beer and ketchup in the fridge. And that was about it. I wasn't, yeah, wasn't sleeping good. Wasn't making good decisions. Just all around a shit show on so many levels. Which I could understand because I had just been a shit show. Like I just finished the shit show show and met you. So it wasn't scary. It was just like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Right? Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah, we both had our different nuances of darkness. For sure. Yeah. Um, we definitely had emotional issues on 
so many different levels. Mm-hmm. But I think I had never communicated my emotional state or feelings to really anybody else like I had with you. So coming out of that darkness, communicating with you was refreshing, but it was also, wow, Uh, hearing your side and then hearing my side as I spoke it and lived it each and every day. I think both of us together were definitely nowhere near uh, healing or, yeah, we were definitely still grieving over many of our losses at that stage. For sure. We were kind of learning it together, learning how to make a new life separately, but also learning from each other as to what was working and what wasn't. Totally. And then just really the communication piece that you talked about was a very big deal. We talked a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we had nothing to lose at that point. You know, I, I had lost everything. I lost my, my, relationship with my ex-husband I lost many many of my friends I moved to a different state I moved to a different town I didn't have anything and was starting from the ground up and was pretty much in the belief system that everybody hated me that I would hurt anyone that got close to me that I was just a fuck up (laughs) and that I needed to keep my head down and not connect with anybody authentically because it would most likely turn out that I would hurt them. So there was some, even though I felt like I was on the path to a healed life, there were a lot of walls that I still had up. We used to say that everything else seemed like that we weren't drama, but everything around around us felt like it was drama and that we were like the safe place. And so we would come together and everything was like, safe I was good he was good we were safe yeah but there was all this like swirling of shit (laughs) that was constantly trying to like kind of come in to the situation and And it was sometimes heartbreaking yeah it was very much yeah it was a lot and we had both decided that we'd never get married again totally which was kind of a great way to start a relationship is that there were zero expectations about a future together. It was just like, hey, for right now, I'm here, you're here, we're going to support each other. Yeah. But there was no like in a year from now or six months from now. It was literally day by day. Um, yeah. But also the nice thing about that is I never felt insecure about it. I knew that the swirling crap that was, around your life was more likely to affect you than like our relationship, I guess. Totally. I think the other thing too, is that we being honest with each other, you know, you were very honest with me um, by, you know, our first kind of hangout session, Mm -hmm. like true hangout and uh, session. Session. What is that called nowadays? Netflix and chill? I don't know. I don't know. But by then, we already kind of knew a lot about each other. Totally. I mean, I had already told you where I stood in regards to 
not wanting more kids. I was very adamant about that. If I did find anybody in the future, it was having the four kids from a prior marriage and then having another family just I I emotionally and mentally and my heart just couldn't take it. Imagining my kids every night sitting at home with their biological mom at the time saying, gee, I wish dad was here, but he has a whole new family. And I just didn't feel good. So I was very honest with myself. And that's one of the reasons why I thought that I didn't want to get married was so that I didn't portray that I had moved on and started this whole new life and basically forgot them and left them behind. And I was very honest with you. And you were very receptive, even though, you know, we were still pretty young. Yeah. And so many opportunities to become a family presented itself. But if we look at each other now, fast forwarding through all these thousands of questions you have for me, we have a family of six. (laughs) We do. Yeah. So we... And it didn't happen overnight. Well, it didn't happen overnight, I feel like. But it feels like it. But we met. We developed a really good relationship, a friendship relationship, total honesty to the point where sometimes it was uncomfortable or like, oh, hey, I've never done this before as far as told you everything and and you felt the same. And so there was all of that. And it was nice because we started it with just the two of us. And then because the kids at the time lived in a totally different state. And so it was very rare at that moment that you saw them. There were sometimes six months or more in between. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is, it's a hard topic. So I don't know how far we're going to go into that today, <laughs> but your time uh, with them was very limited. Very much. Not by your choice. Correct. And not by the the court's choice. It, it, was, it was, yeah. 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 Somebody else. <laughs> and so you didn't see them very often. And so the positive side of that is that you were able to work on your own healing, physically, mentally, emotionally. You were able to focus on your career. And we were able to build a friendship and a relationship without the kids first. Which I think is something a lot of people that have children don't get that opportunity. It was what a year and a half Mm -hmm. of knowing you before you met the kids. Yeah. And it was very much, you know, the kids, it wasn't that they were blind, blinded to it. It just, um, it was, I had someone that I really wanted to introduce them to. And I think that they would really like her. And, you know, we met at 24-Hour Fitness, Lifetime Fitness. We met at Lifetime Fitness. So we, we slow rolled it. We, oh, we met at the it. pool. Yep. And it was like, hey, we're friends. Let's go to the pool. Yep. And can I say what totally made me totally. fall for you? <laughs> so, like, we had already been together or and had known each other and connected deeply for a while at this point. I was already invested in your life. But... I don't know if I was like going to stay forever yet. <laughs> and I don't know if you were going to stay forever yet. Yeah, I just got the ring on. Um, but 
we were at Lifetime Fitness and the kids had been playing in the water. And Summer, our now 10-year-old, mm-hmm. was like in one of those big fat diapers full of water. And I'm pretty sure we had some friends come with us. Yeah. yeah to meet up with us that time. But my favorite memory from that is the first thing I said to the kids. I, I walked up and Sammy, who is the one that just turned 13, she was itty bitty. How old is she then? Oh, man. Six? Get that? No, I think Rachel was five. Oh, shit. So she was like three. She was three and she walks up. She goes, I have a bikini. <laughs> and I looked over at Braxton and I said, Do you have a bikini too? And that was like the beginning of it. But the best part was at the end, you were wearing your swim trunks or shorts or whatever, and they were soaking wet. And, but only like in the crotch area. And so the kids, all four of them, well, not Summer, because she wasn't talking yet, but three of them start singing out loud in a public place, Daddy Peter's pants, Daddy Peter's pants. And it was like, you, you just like joined along. You weren't embarrassed. Kids. You thought it was fun. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this guy, cool. He can, he's a good dad, which I think sealed the deal a little bit more. But so we slow rolled it. We met, we met there and we only, I only saw the kids a couple of times during that like week long visit. And then obviously we brought in friends eventually. Um, Which was a huge piece. That was a huge piece. It was a great piece. And you know, it's solidified them all the way up to now. I mean, when we look at how many people sent videos yesterday for Samantha's birthday and, you know, quarantine birthdays suck. Yeah. She's getting videos from all around the country and from family and a lot of friends that are now family. And that's based on a lot of your actions, Sarah, and your connections early on. And what I saw about you was connecting with people was a huge thing for you. And for me, once I get to know people, I love them and I want to stay with committed and, and stay in a relationship with them friendship wise. And, but getting there is, is sometimes hard for me. Um, I like to kind of just quietly listen to people and experience and take it all in versus be the limelight of a party or, you know, be an extrovert and go talk to people. I would rather just listen. I would rather take it all. And, you know, if, if I have to say something, it's, it's generally sometimes thought out. Not all the time. <laughs> sometimes it's, yeah, I don't know. I think the friends aspect of things was an important part of our transformation from the dark time to something better. I know totally. for me specifically, I made, I made a list of things that I knew needed to change in my life. And one of them was that I needed to choose my friends instead of let different situations choose my friends. So whether I was at church and, oh, okay, these are my friends now, or because I had to be friends with people, it was more, I'm going to interview people and basically be like, what is it about this person that I like or don't like? And thankfully, I had a lot of alone time, spent a lot of alone time. And I got to pick my friends. And those were the friends 
that ultimately led me to meeting you, even though they didn't know it, it was like very roundabout. Yeah. And then when it was time to introduce you to my core group of friends, because that was also on my list. Like I was not going to date or be in a relationship with somebody that was not part of my friend group. And so when I brought you over to Nicole's house for football, I called, I called her ahead of time because she was my best friend called her and she knew everything about everything. And I called her and I said, Hey, you didn't, call you didn't know everything. Well, you didn't know that I met this guy. <laughs> and so I called and I asked if I could bring somebody over. And she, of course was like, yeah, totally bring them over or bring them over. And I was like, it's a guy. And she goes, okay, you can bring him over. And I bring him over and he walks in and he's, and he was just talking about how he doesn't make friends necessarily very easy. It was instant. That friend group, they took you in like you were part of the family period. Okay. It was amazing. Yeah. And for that, I'm always grateful for them, for sure. Because they're still a part of, <clears throat> in fact, no, totally. yeah, they're a huge part of the family and our kids consider them family. And we wouldn't be in Pagosa if it weren't for that family. And so it's like this, this crazy happening of people and events that brought us together and kept us together. And then you had a very strong friend group from the military. So we have this like amazing dynamic of real, real true family for sure all around for us sure. as we were navigating our way through things. And as we were bringing the kids into this new life, we, I think, thought it was really important to make sure they felt supported by more than just us. For sure. And that they felt like Colorado Springs was still their home. Yeah. 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 The house that most of them grew up in was still their home because that's where you know, we wound up eventually living together. Um, so, yeah, it was it's definitely been fun. It has been fun. Yeah. It's been interesting. I think one of the things that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about is we started saying when neither one of us wanted to get married again. Mm -hmm. And then here we are. We've now been married. How many years, babe? Oh, shit. Put me on the spot. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> you always know when we when we started dating. Yeah. I always know how long we've been married. So how long have we been married? Six years. Right. So June it, will be seven. seven. <clears throat> so what changed from allowing us to think that we would never get married again to getting married again? What do you think? Um, I mean, there's plenty of items within there that I can think of. Obviously, one of them being your willingness to stand up and fight for me. Uh, in regards to my injury in the military, uh, to uh, the lack of care. I was right in that time period where brain injuries that didn't leave you completely um, dysfunctional was sought or thought of as uh, just, you know, oh, you have headaches. Oh, you have, you know, Stability problems. Oh, you have vision problems. Oh, oh, you have emotional problems now. Oh, you um, can't think clearly. Yeah, brain fog was was definitely probably one of the the hardest things to try and overcome 
during that time period was was the brain fog, the which just led to outbursts of frustration to you know trading friends in the military commanders like shit getting in fights a lot uh and then obviously you know top of that with a lot of anger from not being one what you once were to now all of a sudden you know it hurts to work out you're fearful of the pain you are confused at the path of where your life's going and anyways uh you stood up for me in every aspect and you know, it wasn't just standing up for me. It was your comfort for me coming home and being able to, you know, cry on your sh- shoulder from having a hellacious day of what was very, what was once easy for me is not, or what at the time was not easy for me anymore. Um, you know, my day-to-day interaction of being uh, very good at my job and I loved it. All of a sudden, just it wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't, didn't make sense. It was confusing. It was frightful to uh, stand in front of your peers and, and teach classes that didn't make much sense anymore. Um, and all of a sudden, you weren't you you weren't an expert, and you were thought of as kind of a shitbag because you didn't you weren't holding up the standard that. Uh, becoming a Green Beret, uh, you're, you're held to an extreme standard. And then, obviously, I, I held myself to an extreme standard. And that's actually probably the most detrimental thing is how hard I held myself to a standard. And then when I didn't meet it, I would just beat the shit out of myself mentally um, and hold myself to that, that old standard. And so it took a long time to figure out the new me. And that's a, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but for sure. But the, the evolution of why I really, like, when we went to San Diego and my preparation in, in wanting to ask you to marry me, um, was very methodical, very thought out, which was very hard for me at the time to think about anything. But, uh, yeah, it was very much, I was putting all my eggs into the basket that we were currently in, and I was I was going for it, full set. Like, <laughs> Fuck yes, let's do this. And if she says no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say no. I mean, on the beach in San Diego, even if I wanted to say no, which I'm not going to say no, but I, I could have, but I didn't. Thank God. The setting was amazing. The kids were there with us. And Braxton, who was only 10, no, maybe a little bit older, he knew and kept it a secret. My best friend, Laura, knew and kept it a secret. You told my mom at the last minute, I think, because you didn't want her to blow it. You didn't tell her? She would have ruined it. I know. You told her at the last minute. She would have let it loose. Yeah. And then and then the the greatest thing is that a friend of mine from a long time ago and like just like Laura they knew me with my ex-husband they knew me almost even before that and (laughs) yeah and so they were all part of this wonderful thing but we were going to take family photos and so there was this you know we were just supposed to be taking family photos 
you dressed me in this beautiful black and purple striped shirt. And I was like, Jesus, this is going to look horrible. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and the pictures were amazing. I love it. I love everything about every one of those pictures except that goddamn shirt. <laughs> Are you bitter about that? I'm totally bitter about that shirt. <laughs> really? I'll go to my grave bitter and angry about that shirt. Really? That's so funny. <laughs> you talk about it every once in a while. Now I know it's a shirt. Gavin doesn't like stripes. Is that what it is? I don't know. I think it was it's just very gap. It is. Yeah. And I and colorful. Yeah. See, you're willing to do anything for me at that time. Now you'd be like, no. (laughs) I'm not gonna wear that. (laughs) Let's look at let's let's get a different shirt. I love it. Well anyway, so we are doing these family pictures. My friend Lindsay is the one that's gonna be taking them. And we I don't know what's happening except for we're taking family pictures. And so I orchestrate all that. And as we're walking down to the beach, he pulls her aside and tells her that he's going to propose to me. And she probably should have done it sooner. <laughs> she started crying <laughs> and had to like keep it together. And she did. So it's just an example of how friends keep mm-hmm. orchestrating their way into this wonderful weave of a family that we have. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I realized at the same time as you that, you know, I was willing to fight against some pretty important people. <laughs> they had a lot of stars next to their names or something. And they thought in a lot of cases that they could crush me. <laughs> no. um, and that didn't work out very well. And I got to know a lot about brain injuries and treatments. And I'm really grateful to this day that not that you went through that, but that we had that time and that I was there during that time, because the more I've learned, the more I realize how many people are affected by brain injuries. We have had so many people that have come into our life since then that have the same effects and we're learning how to transfer what we've learned onto them. And when you got hurt, brain injuries, especially military brain injuries, based on a concussive blast, concussive blast, were still kind of a very quiet thing and not very researched and kind of an unknown. And so you were a guinea pig. In a lot of ways, absolutely. Yeah. And so we had to kind of fight through that. Yeah. For sure. You had to fight through that, mostly. So we went from not wanting to get married at all to getting hitched to then <laughs> we were married and no kids, only saw them. It started, started getting a little bit better and we saw them, um, you know, four times a year or six times a year. And they got a little bit better and a little bit better. And then we moved to Pagosa based on the fact that your, your health needed us to make a change yeah and, and the retirement yeah retiring out of the military medically retiring out of the military um kind of being forced to do that mm-hmm. was kind of a blessing mm-hmm. didn't feel like it at first but oh, yeah you definitely weren't <clears throat> i wasn't ready for that shit um but yeah. we were told by a doctor outside of the military that if you, the best thing for you to do would to be would be to pick a place that you could 
go and relax in and be in and take care of yourself as far as location goes. And we both laughed like, okay, looks like we're moving to Pagosa. Ha ha ha. Like that would ever happen. And then within four months. Yeah. I'd say four to six months. Then we're down here in Pagosa. (laughs) Cause that's how we do things. (laughs) We don't do things halfway. We just go and we get really driven and very focused Mm -hmm. on what we have decided to do. It's led us through a lot of fun opportunities. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, Frustration. Frustration. <laughs> Which is one of the things we got really focused on giving the kids an amazing life. And this is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But we, once we moved to Pagosa, we saw that their life wasn't amazing. And it was difficult to live such an amazing life and give it to them only every once in a while and see how much they were suffering. It was actually probably. It was heartbreaking and yeah. it, it was on our minds constantly. Yeah. It, it was not okay. Yeah. So we fought for it, which is one of the things we're really good at together is fighting for something that we believe in. So we fought for the kids when we were there waiting yeah. for when they needed us. And so we went, like, it's really kind of funny because I went from totally, totally single, no kids, doing whatever the fuck I wanted living my life, meet a guy, slow roll into, okay, yeah, I can be a Disneyland mom. Like, yeah, you know, I see them every once in a while. It's really fun. And I can put all my energy into them for one week or three weeks. Totally cool. And, and it was so much fun because we just poured our time, effort and energy into them. And any of our friends that were with us during that time know that we were like, the most fun, awesome parents because we only had the kids for a couple of weeks. And then we moved here and it was still very like, oh yeah, you know, life is good. We go sit at the hot springs and we take walks and we walk to riffraff and have some beer and life is good. And then we got four kids full time. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Overnight. Overnight. And <clears throat> things just changed from there. Totally. Job, career, life. Um, friends, kind of our focus. The whole reason why we're in Pagosa seemed to change a little bit. Totally true. Um, and not to talk shit about Pagosa, but I don't think we would have picked Pagosa necessarily if we knew we were going to be raising all four kids here. Definitely not. In in terms of location and beauty and outdoor things, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah safety uh in terms of educational and social thriving (laughs) yeah but here we are with our four kids it our life has changed drastically we are in the middle of covid uh which means that all four kids are at home 24 7 thank god for five acres yes if i lived in Oh, high rise condo. I would, somebody might not survive. And we have two dogs and a cat. And so that's a lot. It's a lot. You're not supposed to have favorite kids, are you? You're not. (laughs) (laughs) Let me answer that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Mister. (laughs) I think it's just, it's been interesting. And I think to me, I realized that this whole like lockdown situation was pretty legit when, 
so this this all started happening and we have two of our kids already homeschooled so it was no big deal to have them not be in school and then our youngest came home and couldn't go to school anymore and that was easy because she's easy and then like a week later our college kid called and said that he was coming home and I was pissed I was so mad she had to give up the yoga room I had to give up the yoga room and I was like what what like when they leave they're supposed to leave and then I realized like how many times I went back home you didn't go back home. Oh, no. Yeah, you didn't go back home. But I realized how many times that I, I went back to mom and dad. And like, hey, can I book up? Can I hang out for a little bit? But, and this isn't his fault or anything like that. But we went from kind of a routine of life to everything's changed. And we've talked a little bit about how COVID would look if we were still in Colorado Springs in our house and just the two of us. That'd be a lot of Netflix and chill. <laughs> yeah. Be awesome. It would be awesome because we had zero house projects mm-hmm. towards the end, right? We had a ton of friends. We yeah. would have been able to do takeout food, whatever. Yep. Um, money was a little bit easier. Um, For sure. We would have had no outside responsibilities if the kids weren't with us. Nope. We literally would be Netflixing and chilling and ordering takeout and drinking. Actually, we probably would have left. 500 pounds heavier. I don't know with how much we were chilling. <laughs> well, maybe that would have helped. We kind of got to get that exercise. <laughs> yeah. We kind of had a home gym, but we weren't. No. Yeah. It would have been when we left Colorado Springs, we were kind of thicker in the So it would have, it would have been bad. So it's funny to think about how much, how much has changed For sure. and how different this whole thing would be. If we were still there. Yeah. Yeah. We're learning a lot about value. I value Sarah a lot. Yeah. And you. And it's, I want to make sure that she is valued as much as she deserves. And I just, I get frustrated sometimes when people, and I'm not talking about just one or two, I'm talking about the world and itself. When they don't value her, I, I tend to turn angry caveman, smash tables, and pound my fists. And my communication skills go out the door, <laughs> and I just turn angry. So when it comes to the juice goddess, when it becomes business, and this dates back to even when we were dating, yeah. you know, and then obviously doing that whole stint with another business in Colorado Springs with a bunch of seals and green berets and, you know, contract work, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Value yourself. Yeah. And photography. And like pretty much every yeah. every career cool. and and just you know, with relationships. Relationships. With the kids. Sure. I mean, that's when you get mad too, is when they don't value me properly. Totally. I think you get that's when you get really upset. It's so super mad. It's across the board. Yeah. It's because you just want to Netflix and chill with me all the time. You value your time with me. I do. And so you want that value to be a possibility. For sure. Because if somebody's not going to value me, you'd rather just caveman me back and say, you're going to watch this movie with me and it's going to be fun. Yes. We're going to watch Conan. Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say that we are learning the most about during this time? 
we're still, having more time together. Yeah, we still like each other, yes. even when we're cooped up. Um, we still enjoy these types of communication. Yeah, these long, long talks on the beach. Yeah, but we're not on the beach. We're in Pagosa, <laughs> where she's cold even in April. <laughs> well, usually April's still cold. It it's, was it was eighty yesterday, and that was like perfect. We both have talked about numerous times about how when we evolved in our previous relationships and our previous lives, that we evolved uh, separately from our partner, mm-hmm. from our friends, and right now we've evolved as a family. And cohesively, I think that we are not just surviving, we are thriving. I mean, I feel like we're thriving beyond words, beyond my expectations, even 10, 5, 3, 1 year ago. Yeah. My health is great. Your health is so much better. Our ability to continue to just be living here in Pagosa and be lucky enough to, to live here and, and uh, still thrive. It's COVID made me grateful, made me feel grateful for Pagosa. And I've said this to a lot of Pagosa people, especially the California Pagosa people, oh, yeah. like the Townies and the Annies. And Mike. Most of the people that have lived somewhere other than Pagosa is that normally I I want to be somewhere else. <laughs> I want to be on the beach. And we we get into it about that because oh. when it's cold and dreary here, I want out. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I get wintertime boyfriends. Yeah, I want to leave. She wants to bounce down. Yeah. And I want to get knee deep, waist deep in the snow and find myself a, a <laughs> Really little mammoth. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know if that's a You don't even need that because you stay warm by yourself. True. Yeah. True. So it's we we have this like winter summer thing and I could live in San Diego twenty four seven and we talk about it and argue about it, whatever. But at this point I'm really glad that we're in Pagosa because totally. we have the acreage and we have the space and we have the ability to let the kids do their thing and we're not cooped up and stuff like that. So it's made me for the first time in a while, I've had like a stretch of three or four months where I'm not trying to leave. <laughs> it's been and, nice. And, not, and it's not about leaving you or the kids. It's about just like being somewhere that I feel more connected to that I, that I feel like I, belong in belong in and obviously i think your creative nature yeah uh, really thrives in san diego it's not just the warm weather it's it's san diego as a whole very creative culture uh versus pagosa which you know has its little niches of creativity but um there's a lot of stuck in the mud what is your favorite beach to go to i have two are you going to give that secret away i don't care well, first is just OB, Ocean Beach. That is like, it's home. It's really a second home for all of us. Yep. And live there for a little bit. Kids love it. They feel safe there. I I just love it. 
Um, but my second favorite beach is Black's Beach, which is in La Jolla. And it's clothing optional, which is fun because sometimes um, sometimes you see people running at a full sprint. Uh, men. Men running at a full sprint. I don't. While not I don't, wearing clothes. I don't grasp that. strange. Or doing yoga for their first time ever. Um, downward dog. No judgment, but I think that was his first time doing yoga while he was downward dogging. Um, volleyball. Volleyball. Um, all the things. But mostly, it's just a really great place to get a tan where you don't have any lines. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. Exactly and there's a lot less people there, so you don't have to do a crowd. It's true. And it's beautiful hike. Like, you have to hike to get there. And so that's nice, too. You get a little true. workout out of it. That's why I like it. I like it. You're giving away my secret. All Since you asked me a question, I have oh, your questions shit. now. These are supposed to be rapid fire. <gasps> okay. And then I have a really good question for you. Okay. I already know this question, but I just want you to tell other people. What are the three things we've been binge watching? Oh. And if you don't get them. The good place. The good place. Why do you like the good place? Uh, you know why. Why? She's cute. Oh, she's cute. But why else do you like it? I don't know. No. The dry sense of humor? No? Uh, yeah, the random, like, Little tidbits here and there. <laughs> well, it's not like laugh out loud. It's just these little chuckles of humor that kind of get you. That's good. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good okay. one. What are the other two? One we finished uh, and one we're working on. Ozark. Yep. Ozark reminds me. Of, just reminds me of uh, uh, military life at my realm. That's just amazing. There's just a lot of gray. <clears throat> yeah, there's no black and white. Yeah. Uh, and you, you could try and preach it to me that there's no black and white. Yeah. It is all gray area. and that uh, show is entirely gray. Your moral compass is constantly uh, brought into question and pushed. And, uh, yeah. Ozark is like that. Ozark reminds me of my previous life. It's awesome. What is the one that we finished? I even hate saying it. Tiger King. No. Well, what? we finished that one. There's one more then. Which one? <laughs> we'll talk about Tiger King oh, and then yeah. the other one. Carol Baskin. <laughs> you did it. I know you did. <laughs> Sorry. It's passive judgment. It is. We don't know. What's the other one? You're so good. You don't remember? It's over and I cried. Oh, shit. Stranger thing. Oh. I cried. Upside down. The upside down. The upside I down. cried when it was over. Should've I cried. was so sad. You might have a little bit. Never. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. You, you were just sad. I don't have an emotional anything in my body. Anybody that knows Gavin knows that that is not true. What is something that grounds you? You? Me? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Come on now. If it wasn't for you, where would I be in regards to still having a refrigerator full of beer and ketchup? Um, having complete and utter like disastrous relationships. Um, probably not having the kids. Well, a, not having the kids at all. So grounding is definitely um, my relationship with you. 
definitely grounds me. Gives me purpose. Gives me light. You like that. We're back to the left. Oh, we're back to where we started. You can't do that yet because I'm not done. Yes. I was going to ask you what's the one thing that drives you crazy about me, but I think I know. Is it the value thing or is it something different? It's the fact that you don't like sounds. I don't. What is that thing called? They talk about it on it, Armchair Expert. Meso. I, I don't know. Philia or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, like a, I think that's the wrong one. I don't know a, what it is. A, <laughs> Can I look it up? Hold on. <laughs> I think there's a word to it. I, I feel like I'm in the car with my mom when I was Hold on. I'm going like to radio stations. Out. Well, you talk about what you talk about the sounds, and I'm going to look up what it is. Talk about the sounds. So I don't chew with my mouth open. Usually. We have allergies. Yes, right now. I have to breathe. Yeah, you have to breathe. However, if you are chewing too loudly in your mouth with your mouth closed at the dinner table and you happen to have or need extra saliva in order to help digest and break that food down, she loses her shit. Well, and it's not you. You you don't chew like that. It depends. It's two of our kids in particular. True. It's just sounds in general. Totally. It's sounds. I think, so, if I had to pick a superpower that had to do with something physical versus, like, an emotional power, my superpower is my hearing. I feel like I hear things so... I hear all kinds of things, not in my head, like legitimate <laughs> things. And I think it's because for so long I couldn't see, like I didn't have good vision uh, until I was in like my late twenties. I had laser eye surgery done, so I couldn't see. So for the longest time, I think I really had to hear in order to know what was going on because if I couldn't see and hear, then I was fucked. I was okay. dead. And so I could hear. And when I was a teacher, I could stand in the front of the classroom and there could be a kid in the very back and they could say something. And I'd turn around and I'd be like, Kyle, blah, 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 blah. And I could call it every time. And they just all thought it was freaky that I had like this extra sensitive hearing. So I think that's probably part of it. But I'm typing in, what is it called? That's so silly. Whatever it was. Things you hear annoy you. Things <laughs> you hear annoying. If it's too loud with the kids, if there's too much going on, one's playing an instrument, there's music on the record playing. This is so not true. The water's on in the kitchen. There's uh, a lot of that, noise. If there's a lot of noise, and, and, <gasps> and I get it. Hang on. Hang on, and I get it because I I get I have huge sensory overload. Not as much anymore, but I I had huge sensory overload after the brain injury. So I, I get the overwhelming nature um, when the brain just can't take it all in. It, it it hurts sometimes. So I I I get that. But when, <laughs> when it happens and she breaks down, <laughs> oh god, it's it's, it's amazing. But I try. There, there was recently 
you can, Every- you can see it coming on too. It's just like <laughs> it just—it's like a steaming pot, and you can see it slowly boil. And all of a sudden, it's like, damn it! Can you stop that? And I try—I think I'm keeping it like. No, it's. You can, I'm like breathing and trying to. I think so. Here's just the last. The last time this happened, I wanted to spend time with everybody during breakfast. And so there was music playing. There were kids talking. There's Braxton who speaks like a college kid. He's used to being in a dorm room. He was not like this before, but now he's super loud. And so you can hear him through the whole house and he's talking over everybody else. And I'm wanting to be in their presence while still working on something that I needed to get done. And so I'm sitting in a chair trying to get it done, but trying to like interact. And so like, I'd ha at something and interact and whatever. And then finally I was like, I read the same paragraph 10 fucking times. I, I cannot do this. So I like stormed out and <laughs> and everyone's like, geez, sorry. And I was like, I was just trying to be a part of the family. I'll stop turning pages in my book. <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. So I think the difference between your overstimulation is when when you hear a lot of sounds at the same time, it's too much, especially if there's a lot of vis- visual. visual stuff, it messes visual. you up. I am where when it's quieter and I'm focused on something, it's when I'm focused on something, it, it's impossible. Like I, I have to, it is called so what's the word? mesophonia. <laughs> I was so close or mess. M- misophonia. Anyway, that is it, what it is. It says it's a disorder in which certain noises trigger strong responses from you, including some reaction that others may perceive as unreasonable. On the mild end, even quiet sounds that don't bother others may easily bother you. Mind you, there's a picture of a gentleman slurping, slurping his soup. I mean, his bow. That would drive me crazy. Don't slurp it. That's going to be my next goal. Tap bone, slurp it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the noises. <laughs> Chew some gum really loudly before we go to bed or something. <laughs> no Netflix and show for you. What? Never mind. Yeah. See? So Gavin talked about all the different things he wanted to say on here, and I've had to keep him reeled in family a friendly. little bit, a little family friendly. But thank you for spending time with me on here today. Thanks for hanging. Yeah. Thanks for taking time away from the shit shed that you were working on. Yeah. Yes. And time away from the kids. So we get to go have dinner together now. Yeah. I get to go make something for myself. <laughs> go make sure the 10-year-old hasn't burned the house down. Yes. Or maybe she just maybe sees some of the food. This maybe. We'll figure it out. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.